This is a free download from the BBC. For more information, go to bbc.co.uk slash podcasts. Hello, dear listener. Welcome and indeed well done. Congratulations and salutations for downloading this, the latest episode of the Ian Lee BBC Three Counties podcast. I say the latest. The way this thing works, you could be listening in the year 2039. This could be just one of the, the very, very early ones, as this show will no doubt run for years and years and years. Yeah. The way this works is every weekday morning between six and nine, I present the breakfast show on BBC Three Counties Radio. We jot down the best bits and then we play them in a short podcast that you can carry around in your pocket. This week, there's a little bit of this. You can't tell to understand the New York Times of fiction man. Whether you're a mother or whether you're a brother, you're still alive, still alive. A smattering of this. <laughs> I've got a horrible smell up my nose. And there's also this. Sure, let, me, let me get it out make myself decent. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh, good morning, boss. You well? <laughs> I'm good. How are you doing, fella? Oh, do you know what? I'm doing absolutely fine. You come back uh, from your holes, uh, yep. two weeks in the sunshine. Beautiful. Still as ghostly as ever, but it's good to see you. Well, I'm, I'm not a sun... Um, how did I phrase it in the office? A sun worshipper. Yeah, I can tell. Like you are. I, the, mm. the, the point of the holiday is not necessarily for me to get tan. It's for me to relax. It's for me yeah. to unwind. It's to me to spend quality time with my wife and children. Lovely. Yeah. Absolutely lovely. You should but, work for a holiday company. I, well, do you know what, what I spent most of the holiday doing? I've now seen Toy Story 3. 36 times. Really? 36 times. Did it improve on the 32nd time? Well, it, it, it didn't. I, it's a cracking film. It's my favourite of all the Toy Story movies. Yeah. Um, and especially the bit when the toys, spoiler alert, the toys think they're going to die. I'm very emotional. Oh, and they all hold hands in the oh. furnace. Oh, I, I, I cried. It sounds like you've had fun. I cried at that point, and I cried at that bit when um, uh, Andy gives Woody over to the little girl. I can never imagine you crying. Oh, mate, mate. I'm a big baby, I mate. I like you even more. I sob like a baby. Now, listen, uh, he did a cracking job for filling in for me. Thank you very much. It's appreciated. This morning, what do you like, Justin? What do I like? I like Luton Town Football Club. I like things that are orange, and I like sports cars. What don't don't you like? Uh, What I don't like is people that are very, very negative, and all they do is moan, Mm. and I don't like speed cameras. You've described me. I got, I got, <laughs> I got caught on the speed camera again the other day. Did you? Yeah. Oh, sorry, mate. So this is me having uh, my speeding awareness course. Mm. Now I've got six points. Oh, hey, take hey, it easy. Hey, oh. uh, it's a very simple concept. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. What do you like? What don't you like? You've been out asking people this, haven't you, Justin? Yes, uh, first for news, I've uh, been out and about in Luton, asking people what they like and what they don't like, and this is what people had to say. Sir, what's your name? Andrew. Andrew, what do you like? Tennis. That was a quick answer, wasn't it? I know. Yeah, what don't you like? Being accosted in the street by people that ask me to do sur- surveys and questions. Don't get fresh. No. Madam, what do you like? Lots of things. Animals. Yeah. Walking, sport. What don't you like? People accosting me in the street. <laughs> okay. Bye. Hello, sir. How are you doing today? You well? I'm good, yes. Fantastic. What do you like? What do you mean, what am I like? What do you like? What do I like? Yeah, what do you like? Just doing some research for the Ian Lee programme, first for news. Yeah, I'm going to follow what you're saying. What do, what do I like? No. What, nothing? 
Thank you. Hello, sir. How are you today? You well? I'm not talking, thanks. What do you mean, what do I like? What do you like? <laughs> That's such a, also a vague question. It could be anything. What do you like? Life. What don't you like? Um, bad people. Thank you. Hey, you're looking pretty smart. What's your name? Samuel. Samuel. What do you like? Football. Football. Music. PS3 food. Everything. What don't you like? Um, annoying. annoying girls and people. <laughs> annoying people. Is that aimed at me? Yeah. <laughs> I thought we were getting on well. We were. So what's gone wrong? I don't know. You tell me. No, you tell me. <laughs> Brian, nice baseball cap. I'm enjoying that. Brian, what do you like? Well, it might be uh, darts. It might respect sports, football, cricket. Where'd you get that baseball cap from, by the way? Debenhams. Does it go down well with the ladies? Well, I'm not really worried. As long as it keeps me head warm, that's all I worry about. I'll take your point. Brian, listen, have a great day. Thank you so much. You too. Take care. Bye. Hello, madam. What's your name? Lisa. Lisa, I'm from the Ian Lee programme. That's big. We're asking today, what do you like? Everything. <laughs> Everything? <laughs> what like? What do you like? Chocolate. <laughs> What don't you like? Arrogant people. I like people who speak properly. Mm. I don't like people who say everything. <laughs> it's everything. a G, not a K. Everything. Everything. Yes. Uh, we've got some, uh, uh, lots of people on Facebook here. Um, uh, Jenny, Jenny's been very zen here. I like unexpected, unselfish acts of kindness. I don't like prejudice. Ooh, well thought out answer. Um... Um, Tricia says, I like you for a start, Ian. Oh, thank you very much. I don't like people who don't listen, but pretending they are. They're just selfish. <laughs> there were lots of people who said, uh, I like Justin Dealey. I don't like it when you come back from your holidays. Oh, leave it out. I've, but no, they said it. I Don't worry, I've deleted and blocked those yes. people from the Facebook page. <laughs> <laughs> don't diss me. I like, um, uh, I like bacon. Uh, I, I like specifics. I don't like open-ended questions. Oh. Hmm. Uh, I like it when Ian Lee comes back from holidays. I don't like the fact the bag- badger cull is going ahead. The badger cull is oh. going ahead. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. And that's your latest news and sport. I'll be back with more at seven o'clock. So, Catherine. Yeah. <clears throat> sorry, I cleared my throat there. I should have done that before I opened the microphone to speak to you. Do you know what my friend calls that? Mashed potato voice. Sorry? Where it sounds like you've got a... <laughs> so, what do you like? Uh, Dolly Parton. What don't you like? Jolene. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is Ian Lee. On BBC Three Counties Radio. Jez is in High Wycombe. Hey, Jez. Hello. Before we go any further... Yes. What do you like? What do I like? What do I like? What do you like? What do I like? Hello? What do you like? What do I like? Curry-flavoured ice cream. What don't you like? What don't I like? Um... What don't you like? Well, I like curried... Well, I like any sort of flavoured ice cream. No, no. What don't you like? What don't I like? What don't you like? Well, what, generally speaking, or are we talking about just ice creams here? What, what, what don't you like? Getting out of bed in the morning. 
There we go. Perfect. Did you say you? Did you it wasn't that difficult. It's not a trick question. I'm just curious. I wasn't sure what you meant. I was getting. I mean, it's a bit of. A bit of well, I'm telling a bit of a lion, so I'm just not, not really awake yet. <laughs> Jess, did you? Sorry, did you say you liked curry flavored ice cream? I do. Oh, you dirty boy. But basically, what happened was a friend of mine is a. He's a confectioner. He's got a shop. He's got a cafe and a shop oh. in Prince Elizabeth. Uh, how cool would it be to have a friend like that? And he makes his own chocolate. It was always his dream to make set up his business and make his own chocolate, which he did. Yeah. And basically, he runs this cafe as well. And he had a Facebook message saying, um, "Would anybody? I'm now supplying pubs and restaurants with my with ice cream. Now I've got my ice cream maker in. Would any, was there any flavours anybody would like me to make and for you to come and try? So I put on there. I've always wondered what curry flavoured ice cream would taste like. Mm. So then, a few days later, not, I didn't think anything of it, I thought he wouldn't do it. The next, uh, next thing I know, I've got an e- a, a Facebook message saying, um, I've got some curry-flavoured ice cream mm. if you want to come and try it. I went and tried it, and I have to say, it was really, really nice. Well, my initial reaction is, ugh, but the more you're talking about it, my mouth is salivating. Now, there is one problem. Ah. This is the drawback. It tastes uh, lovely. He put ginger, he's put ginger, cinnamon. It's all you know. Did a proper rep- recipe. Yeah. It's also got a bit of chili in it. So you've got this really sweet, oh. gingery, cinnamony taste with a little bit of curry, and then you get a little bit of an after, a little bit of a kick afterwards. Yeah. But the drawback is, oh. if you eat a whole tub of it about half an hour later, you feel really, really sick. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! But, but, but does it does it have? The, let's be careful. We have young ears listening. Yeah. It's still summer summer holiday. Does it have the same um, the physical reaction that a, a normal curry might have? What the uh, yeah the other end sort of thing? Yes. No, no, no. Oh, no. That's that's that's. A, I suppose it's that weird paradox. It, it's when you eat something hot and spicy, you might have some ice cream to cool your mouth down. But it's it's a, a, a catch twenty two, isn't it? With this, yeah, you've got this to say. I think it's the best of both worlds. I mean, everybody in the restaurant has caused a lot of a lot of. Uh, you know, it's caught, created a lot of interest. Yeah. A lot of people have tried it and don't like it. Yeah. I took my wife and son, they tried it. They, and my son ate half a tub and then turned around and said he didn't like it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, he took him half a tub to realise. Yeah, like, hey, son was like, oh, I don't like, actually don't like this. Well, why do you eat it? Why do you eat it then? So yeah. I ate the rest of it. And uh, it's, yeah, I think it's generated a lot of interest, but he, I, I sort of said there is a market for it, but he doesn't seem to believe oh, me. Oh, I think there could be. C- c- next time you speak to him, Jez, yeah. could you ask him to try, and this is, you've got me thinking now, uh, could you ask him to try a pizza ice cream? Pizza ice cream? Yeah, just like a sort of bog standard, nothing too fancy. A just tomato, a tomato, f- but cheese, that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, a nice, a nice margarita yeah. pizza ice cream. Oh, I'll give that a go. It, th- it doesn't sound bad, does it? No. In fact, that sounds actually quite nice. <laughs> Jez, I think we we will speak again. Oh, if you can get a pizza ice cream. I do... Do you remember, uh, again, back, back in the day, you got chocolate, you got vanilla... Some places you got mint chocolate chip, and that was it. That was it. And the first, I remember the, the first Baskin Robbins shop. They were the only shop that used to do more than the three standard flavours. Where did I see it? It might, it might even have been in Milton Keynes, actually. I don't know. But the, kind of in the early eighties, seeing a Baskin Robbins, we got thirty-two, fla- thirty-two flavours of ice cream. How is that even possible? And now you have bizarre, perverse geniuses like Jez getting his mate to make a curry ice cream. I can see that working. I think I could dig a curry ice cream. Jez was a little bit thrown there by the uh, what do you like, what don't you like question. No reason to be. It's, a very, it's not a trick question. Very straightforward question. Last 15 minutes of the show. We'll speak to, um, to Justin as well about this. What do you like, what don't you like? That's it. That's all I want to know. That's 72 degrees Fahrenheit. Get the latest news and sports online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Now, hang on one second, young lady. Yes. I need a word with you. Oh. Yes. Uh, we're talking about what you like, what you don't like. Yeah. Earlier on, you said, oh, yeah, I like Dolly Parton. Mm-hmm. But then you said, 
You don't like Jolene? No, I don't. Why? It gets on my nerves now. Ha- why? It's overplayed. Oh, no, stop it. Also, it's against the sisterhood. What do you mean? Well, it's all about one side letting the other side down. We're all supposed to be in it together. Don't pinch my man. Do yeah, yourself she, out, love. She, she, Dolly Parton, is, defend, is saying to Jolene, look, please, you, you're a good-looking girl and stuff, but please, I was here first with, let's call him Steve, uh, leave Steve alone, I'm begging you, go Listen, away. Listen, if Steve wants a bit of Jolene, let him go, it's not worth it. But but sometimes, you know, the, the men's eyes wander and you've got to be reminded that you're going out with Dolly Parton. Well, exactly. I bet she's a nightmare to live with. <laughs> I bet she's hard she, work. She's been married a very long time for someone in that industry. Yes. You know what Nashville's like? Flipping heck. Yes. Do I? Yeah. What's it like? It's very, very that. <laughs> Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Wednesday's papers, the chef Jamie Oliver called British youth wet behind the ears, saying that European immigrants are much tougher workers. Well, I wanted to know if you thought immigrant workers were tougher than British workers. Tony from Luton called in. Tony's in Luton. Morning, Tony. Hello. How uh, are you? Uh, yeah, I'm good, thank you. You're British. You're not a hard worker. I am a very hard worker. Oh. I'm, uh, I'm very fed up with uh, people knocking the British all the time. You know, I've been working since I've left school. Uh, must be tired. At, at the moment, uh, I'm not at work, I'm off sick. Oh, but that's, that's oh I got, I got a second, Tony. You got, you're bunking off today. Not bunking off, not feeling very good. But again, that's one of the... Uh, yeah, but you the see, a, a Polish person would carry on regardless. They'd be there sweating through it. Yeah, but see, they, they haven't got uh, protection, have they? Uh, they've been taken advantage of. Well, no, but th- that's the thing. That lots of people saying they're being taken advantage of, which they possibly are. But perhaps we're relying too much on the protection. Yeah, uh, I think... You sound uh, fit to me, Tony. (laughs) Yes, I have uh, ear problems at the moment. Uh, But, um... What do you do for a living? Um, I work in a charity. Okay, so you don't don't need ears for a charity? I do, because I'm on the phone a lot and I get dizzy spells. That was Tony from Luton. At least it wasn't Steve who called in and did a swear word. I wanted to put that in the podcast. It was vetoed. But it's probably still on BBC iPlayer. Go and check it out. What day was it, Ollie? Wednesday. Yeah. About 7.20. OK. It's a very naughty swear word. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is Ian Lee. On BBC Three Counties Radio. Justin Daly. <laughs> oh, Morning, boss. You should see the evil stares I'm getting. Oh, really? Through a, ha- a, a haze of hangover. Oh. oh. Justin, are you in a box or something? Um, I, I don't know quite what's happening. Can you hear me okay? Well, sort of. I, I think you've got... Are you, have you got the right microphone yes, on? Yes, I've got the right microphone on. Then why does it sound like you haven't got the right microphone on? I don't know. Shall I try and change the mics over? Try and change the mics over. How does that sound? Well, it sounds, it sounds like you've got the right <laughs> microphone, you muppet. We've got about three or four microphones in this car. It's all very nice, it's isn't a, it? It's a basic one, Justin. Yes, yes. You well, boss? Um, very, very well. I heard that. Tra- I heard a trailer for mm. this show with you. Yeah, I know. Do, do your serious voice. I like uh, it. Y- yes, um, we've had some incredible stories on the Ian Lee program, and um, I'm standing in for him. And he's he's been away for two weeks, and he's come back with this belting phone. In what do you like, and what don't you like? <laughs> I've really <laughs> I've decided I'm going to raise the standards <laughs> on this show. And I've got tomorrow. Mm. Tomorrow, I'm going to send you out to talk about bees. Oh, bees! Oh, I'm looking forward oh, to that. Oh, yeah, it's a good one. Yep. So, so, Justin, what what do people like, and what don't they like? Well, personally. I like radio, I like ribeye steak, I like Coronation Street, and I like Luton Town. Uh, what I don't like...
week is moany negative people. And we hear from them every single day, don't we? People have always it's, got something to moan it, about. Why a, moan? You're having a dig at me? No, not it you. It is a veiled dig at me, isn't no, it? It's I'm, not today. You've come in and, and you're uplifting. I am, yeah. You're slightly more tanned up than usual. Thank yes, you. still pale, but, yeah. but, but slightly more tanned up. You, you, yeah, you, you're certainly uplifting. So I've been out into the streets today asking people what they like and what they don't like, and this is what people had to say. What do I like? Well, anything, really. Well, sport, anything. What don't you like? Eh? Rugby, that's the worst one. Oh, I know. That's brute force and ignorance, I think. Hey, good morning, madam. Happy Tuesday. Are you well? Yes, thank you. What do you like? As in what? What do you like? Football. Eating. What don't you like? People who ask me strange questions in the morning. Oh, I thought we were getting on well. <laughs> I thought we could be friends. No, I don't think so. Thanks. Okay. Hello, sir. How are you today? You well? I'm not talking, thanks. What do you mean, what do I like? Ashley, what do you like? I like life, I like job, I like everything. What don't you like? I, I, hate, I hate crime. I don't like crime. People <laughs> stealing or killing people, I don't like this. Hey, good morning, sir. Do you speak English? Sometimes. Fantastic. What do you like? <laughs> what do I like? Job. <laughs> Pete, you're going to send a riffraff. You looking yeah. forward to it? Oh, yes, of course. What do you like? Going abroad, yeah. What don't you like? Living in England. Are you going to move away from this country, then? We're on the process of doing it. <laughs> cheap fags and cheap beer. Good. Lovely stripy top. Um, what do you like? I'm sorry. What do you like? I like driving. You Eat. like driving? Yeah. What don't you like? What? What don't you like? Don't like. Yeah. Uh, I don't like eating sweets. Eating sweets? Yeah. Why not sweets? They're delicious. I don't. They're tasty. They make you feel good. Oh, I don't Give you a buzz. The taste. You don't like the taste? Yeah. Wow. Um, I bet you were fun as a kid, weren't you? Yes. I, I have fun when I ask it. Uh, music, I suppose. Soul music and oh, stuff come like on, that. I love soul music. Come on, your, your favourite soul artist. Going back to the 80s, loose ends, I suppose. Oh, hanging on a string. Yeah. Fantastic song. Uh, what don't you like? New Direction. <laughs> One Direction, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. It just so, shows how much I know about them, doesn't it? <laughs> you OK? Dealey, yeah. you can have the rest of the week off. <laughs> what have you, I done? You, ain't, you have just made a masterpiece. Why? You ain't never going to beat that. That was what I, we're all. I can see JVS, producer Tara, Kelly Bates. Mm. We're all sat here just laughing away. These were genuine views. <laughs> <laughs> that, how can that fella not like sweets? I know. Sweets. Apparently, when he was young, he, he was fun as a kid. So he says. <laughs> you've, you've made the podcast twice this week. It's Thank only you. Tuesday. Well, it's good to see you back, and uh, yes. I think we are going to be doing more of this sort of stuff, aren't we? So yes. some some odd questions, but but that wasn't a trick question. Nope, nope, that nope. was a genuine question. You said to me last week. Yep. Here's the idea: go out, talk to people. There, there was no tricks in there. It was Not simply what do you like and what don't you like. I think sometimes we, we, with our questions we aim too high. Let's we, yeah. nice, simple. <laughs> judging by audience, perhaps we need to aim a little lower. Nice, <laughs> simple, straightforward question. Justin, it's a pleasure to be back with you, sir. I'll speak to and you tomorrow. Cheers, Ian. Ta-ta. There we go. Well, that's uh, wonderful stuff. I, I really do think he struck gold there. That's his masterpiece. He ain't going to beat that this week. On Tuesday, we talked about new research which says that our kids are spending too much time in front of screens. Who'd have guessed it? Well, I wanted to know if you could get rid of your TV. And if you only had one hour of TV a week, what would you watch? 
April's in Luton. Good morning, April. Good morning. You've got an hour of TV a week to watch. Yeah. What would you watch? Oh, um, something on BBC Four, probably. Oh, for goodness sakes. Is that still going? Yeah. You want, you want to watch a programme about a, a, an 18th century mill? Or a German <laughs> composer? Really? Or, or something about science or maths, yeah. Oh, for goodness. A, a TV programme about maths? I know, they're cool, aren't they? No! <laughs> science programmes, I'll give you. Nina and the Neurons, yes. I'll, I'll watch an hour of that. Oh, dear. She's good, Nina. She, she, um, I know why people get scabs now. Uh-huh. Okay. Right. So, um, April. Yes. Uh, what, what do you want? We're talking about TV. Oh, yes, yes, that was it. I knew that was what you said. Yes, <laughs> go on. Would you, could you get rid of your TV? Um, no, because it, it does have some good functions. Yeah. I don't watch, we don't watch a lot of TV, and thanks to you, um, although my son's mostly upset, we don't watch TV at dinner time anymore. Oh, but now, because I said that watching TV at dinner time was a big no-no. Yeah, and I went home that day and I said, right, from now on, no TV at dinner time, and he's absolutely gutted. And how old's your son? Four and a half. In your face, four and a half year old! I totally owned you! Um, well, good, good, I'm, you see, I'm, I'm uh, informative, entertaining, but more importantly, educational. So we are sticking to it, but you know, TV is a balanced thing, isn't it? And when we, when I was growing up, I watched loads of TV. It didn't turn me into an unhappy, unbalanced person. You sound a bit miserable. No, oh? no, no. no I'm, a, I'm a glasses half full person. Optimistic, someone's going to fill the other half. Okay. T- kids' TV programs now are much better than they were in the seventies. They are, but my son doesn't really like watching them. Oh. I mean, as an example, on Monday he cycled sixteen point two miles. What? He's four and a half. Yeah, I know. Isn't that cool? He's so brilliant. On his own? Yeah. Well, hang on, you weren't there with him? Well, no, we were with him, but he cycled on his own bike. No stabilisers. Right. You, you made a four-year-old child, child cycle 16 miles. <laughs> we didn't make him. He did it. Why? He chose the He chose the longer route, actually. He could have saved, like, four or five miles. How long did it take him? Um, we cycle from where we live to the next town, right. which took about an hour and a half. That's, we then quick, go to that's quicker than our resident cyclist, Paul Scoynes. It, 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 it would take him about four hours to do that, and he's in his late 30s. We then go to a, a restaurant and have some dinner. Yeah. And then we take a literally cycle back via the park and the no. place with the bouncy castle. And no, no, no. The ducks. You've got this wrong. He's four and a half, April. I know. Th- that's, that's mathematically impossible. No, it's not. And he and hasn't, then, he hasn't uh, got stabilisers. No, no, he's been riding without stabilisers since he was about three years, two months. Well, listen to you. And then after he did that, yeah. he decided to go down the new BMX track in the village. Yeah, and I, and I hope you said no. And completely owned that. Uh, right, OK, I don't, I don't believe it. Uh, I don't I believe it. i you the YouTube video. Yeah, have you sent it to me? I have. Where, where, where did you send it to my email? Yes. All right, hang on a second. Let's, um... Uh, no, you've sent me the TV Society. No. Yeah. Was it, yeah. No. Yeah. No. Y- yeah. yeah. I'm looking at the email I sent you. No, I'm going right, to have a look. Hang on, I'm t- I-A-I-N. That's me. Hi, nice to meet you. <laughs> oh, hang on, my computer. I will have a look at it. My computer is doing what it always That's does. I.e. not working. OK, That's I will fine. have a look at it. But, so he um, went down there, and then yeah. after that, he decided he'd go have a rest. And so then he went inside and watched Star Trek on TV. Lazy little so-and-so. What a lazy little sausage you've got. Naughty. 
April, I will have a look at that video. My computer is, of course, being... Uh, uh, oh, it says the content is currently unavailable. Oh. Well, you, that's, that's two minutes of exciting radio. We're never going to get back. April, <laughs> lovely. <laughs> it's nice to talk to you. Well done. I'll speak to you again soon. No problem. Thank bye. you very much indeed. I'm sure she will resend that video and we'll have a look. Four and a half, riding 16 miles. No. There's not something not right about that. And that's the latest news and sport. I'll be back with more at seven o'clock. I'm going to take a caller, Catherine. Right. And then I'm going to play a Bee Gees song. Yes. Uh, I'm going to, it's a brilliant song. I've got to get a message to you. It's oh, about, I like that one. It's a good one. It's about a bloke who's going to be hung. Yeah. And, but he wants to tell his girlfriend that he still loves her, despite the fact he's going to be hung. Hanged. Hanged. So while I'm uh, playing that, yeah. I want you to um, just imagine... <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I want you... <laughs> To just imagine the front cover of that Bee Gees book that I've lent you, okay? Oh, particularly that special portion. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Very naughty, but there is a cracking new Bee Gees biography out. It's brilliant. It really is a good read. Go and look at the front cover. Those trousers are very, very tight. Very, very tight. <laughs> hospital food. Is it any good? Richard's in Winslow. Richard, have you uh, had hospital food? Oh! Oh! Blimey! Hello! Richard, it sounds yeah. like you've fallen down the toilet. Are you OK? Oh, God! No, I've just got out of the shower and I've just turned it off. It went freezing cold. froze me assets. Oh, my word! Are you... It's true. Let me, let me get it out and make myself decent. I've oh, got to ask you a question, Richard. I, I really don't yeah. want to hear the answer to are, are you naked now? Well, having just got a shower, I always have a shower once a month, whether or not I need it. Um, I, I don't tell anywhere in the clothes in the shower, so oh. I'll, I'll leave that one to you. Thanks very much. Uh, yes, fine. I, I think I'm, I might need to go to hospital after this. Uh, uh, hospital Listen, food, don't, Richard. Don't, don't, don't go to, to Northampton, Milwaukee, <laughs> Stoke Mandeville, High Wycombe, because the food is at best average. In fact, the only food that's any good is in, um, in Harefield. I was in there the other Christmas, and we got a lovely Christmas lunch. Proper roast potatoes, loads of uh, turkey, and we even had a glass of what, sparkling wine in a plastic cup. And Carol sing. it's very nice too. Chipolata, well, chip- Richard, Richard. Yes, Chipolata. Yes. Don't be disgusting. Thank you very much. Yeah, continue. It's the cold weather. <laughs> um, it's, um, even on one occasion in High Wigan when they served the toast cold, I said, why can't we have hot toast? They said, we can't put it in the machine in the wall because he said the fire alarm's off. <laughs> and Englishman, Englishman's right to have toast, hot toast in the Richard, morning. Richard, Richard, hang on a yes. second. I've just, yes. I've just remembered who you are. Didn't, haven't I banned you from calling in? Probably. Get How off. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is Ian Lee. On BBC Three Counties Radio. Man, that's a song. Their 60s stuff gets so overlooked because of that ridiculous disco music they did two years after everyone else was doing disco. Their 60s stuff is the best. New York mining disaster, Massachusetts, and I've got to get a message to you. Man, there's a song. Dealey, which, uh, which period BGs do you prefer? Uh, 70s. Sorry, disco. Really? You like all that silly... The... You can tell by the way I just won't walk in a woman's way. No time for talk. You can dance and you can dab and it's love and dab and it's all right. It's wow. okay. You can look the other way. We can try to the 
You actually sound like the Bee Gees. That's incredible. I am. Wow. Anyone can do that, though. No, they can't. It's not good singing. Listen, the 60s stuff was great. The tracks that you mentioned were great. But the 70s stuff as well, they took it on, didn't they? Yeah, two years after everyone else had dropped it off. It doesn't matter, though, because anyone can go, you get there to understand the New York Times of fiction, man. Whether you're a mother or whether you're a brother, you're still alive. Well, based on that evidence, um, maybe not everybody can. Now, back in July, our reporter, Paul Scoynes, covered a story about an well, incredible incident in Milton Keynes. Part of a loose road sliced through the bottom of a bus that was driving over it, injuring an elderly passenger, breaking both of her ankles. Let's just remind ourselves of what Paul Scoynes... Oh, hang on a second. Here it is. Sorry. Let's just remind ourselves of what Paul Scoynes had to say. another bus going past the bus stops here on Midsummer Boulevard. As you look out from the main shopping building, I can see the point across from me and Midsummer Place to my right, and the bus is passed in both directions uh, on this road where I'm standing. And as you look out to the road, you see these huge concrete blocks crisscrossing the road and uh, are used as well to mark the boundaries of the bus stops. And what I can see from just going and standing on one of them you can see that they're very loose indeed and they actually move quite a degree when you stand on them. You can also sort of hear the noise as you, uh, as you do stand on them and there's a number of these slabs which do the same. Um, this one here is, is also sort of surrounded by bricks and every time a bus goes over these slabs they move sometimes fairly violently as well uh, although I haven't seen any come out of their moorings although this is what appears to have happened just a week ago when in this spot a bus went over one of these slabs and it flew up and pierced the actual bottom of the bus Well that was Paul Scoynes uh, in July We had assurances on the programme from Conservative Councillor John Bint who is the Cabinet Member for Transport and Highways at Milton Keynes Council that the road would be fixed well, Peter Ballantyne is from the Milton Keynes Bus Users Group. He joins me on the line now. Morning, Peter. Uh, the, the road, I've not seen it myself. Is it all up to standard now, been sorted? Yeah, good morning. Well, the answer to that is no. Oh. Um, they closed the area uh, from Lower Ninth Street through to uh, Secular Gates to do the repairs. And we expected, after meetings, we had four meetings with the various council um, officers, and they assured us that they were going to make a proper job and we're closing the area, and we agreed to that uh, while it was being done. What we found on Friday when the road was reopened was that there was a number of the marks, yet there was yellow marks where they were going to remove these blocks. Some of them still remain and are still loose, and there was white marked um, blocks which had not been touched, and they were moving. What was so hang on, how, how long was this, this section of road closed? For five days. Five days. And what, what actually had they done apart from put down yellow and white marks? Uh, well, they've removed a lot of these blocks, quite a few of them, uh, particularly the ones with the yellow marks on them, and um, replaced it with a, a, a patchwork of, of tarmac. I can only say that we're very disappointed because we, in the meetings we were told that their whole area was going to be re-tarmacked. Well, surely uh, the, the problem that happened with this, the, this unfortunate incident with this poor lady was, if I've got this right, the bus was going along, it dislodged, dislodged one of these loose slabs and that went through the floor of the bus and broke the lady's ankles. You're t- are you telling me, Peter, that, that several of those loose blocks are still there? Are still there and we are very concerned about it and have sent a very heavily worded uh, email yesterday about it 
haven't had a response so far, but I, I think our feeling is what we're trying to protect is obviously the bus user experience. And that lady is still in hospital after six operations and is not very well at all. That's nearly eight weeks later. And, you know, six six operations? Six operations, yeah. How, how bad? Well, obviously it's very bad if she's been in there for eight weeks and six operations. Do we know exactly what's wrong? Um, I think from what I'm here, I've heard is that the block not only broke ankles and, and other bones, it lacerated the legs very badly. And, and obviously a, a 60-year-old, it isn't something that um, uh, repairs very quickly. I, in fact, I spoke with the, the solicitor of the lady, and she said there was a, even an opportunity that the, the lady would lose a leg. So, I mean, we're taking it very seriously. These... these um, blocks were identified to the council over uh, 18 months ago that they were loose. We had meetings and meetings and we were assured that the job would be done properly. I think what our complaint really is, did anyone inspect the the road after the uh, contractor moved out to actually say, yes, it could be opened again? And I don't think anybody, because it was a Friday just before bank holiday, anybody looked at that road and assessed whether it was safe to, to use. I, I'm sorry, Peter, I'm finding what you're telling me absolutely incredible. So this, this, this woman who was injured just sitting on a bus, yes. she's been in hospital for eight weeks, yep. she's had six operations, and there is a chance that she might lose a portion of her leg. It's possible. This is what I've been told by our solicitor. Well, this is just incredible. Uh, and and the, the, the council have not sorted out the road properly. Well, I think the disappointment for us is that in meetings with senior members of the transport department, we were told that urgent work was going to be done and tarmacking was going to replace cobbles, and uh, which are at the top of the road, and also these channel dividers. I mean, over a period of years, what's happened is, obviously, with 80 buses an hour going through the area, that the, uh, they're called channel dividers, by the way, the channel dividers have become loose. And it was not going fast. The bus wasn't going very fast. It just hit it at a particular speed, quite low, because they have to turn into the road. And, and it just lifted up and went through the floor. I mean, I've seen photographs of the, the damage, let alone the blood in, inside the bus. The, the damage to the bus was extensive. Peter, I'm, I'm shocked by what you're telling me. Thank you so much for coming on. That's Peter Ballantyne from the Milton Keynes Bus Users Group. Imagine that. You're on a bus. Or your mum or your nan is on a bus going to the shops. Suddenly there's an almighty racket. A big paving slab comes through the floor, breaks your ankles. You're in hospital for eight weeks, six operations, and now we're hearing there's a chance that she might lose a portion of her leg. Well, listening to that is the councillor in charge of transport, John Bin. What's going on, John? There's a bunch of things going on that really aren't to anybody's satisfaction. Uh, I think the first thing to say is to reiterate our, our deep apologies to the lady concerned for an incident that shouldn't have happened. She's been in hospital for uh, eight weeks, had six operations, might lose a bit of her leg. And everybody has said very much regret this and we need to be getting on with fixing it. And Well, why haven't you? You I closed am- the street for five days and you haven't done it. I think the council has got a lot of explaining to do. I entirely agree with, with, with Peter Ballantyne's very mildly expressed concerns over a job that appears to be handled ineptly last week. I think there is, there is no explanation that he's been given or that I've been given as to why it took a week to not sort this area out and to reopen an area when 
it doesn't appear to have been inspected and doesn't appear to be safe. Who signed it so, off? Who, who gave it the thumbs up and said, yep, we're, we're happy with that? I don't know, and he doesn't know, and he's not been told, and I've not been told. You're the councillor in I charge think... of transport. I would have thought that it would have been your responsibility to go and give it the once-over. No, councillors do not, even the cabinet member does not have operational authority to go and do anything like that. We are responsible for setting policy and for holding the chief executive to account when that policy is not implemented. You must so know the name got... of the person, or the, 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 there must be one person who has said, yep, yeah, we're happy with that. Who is it? The chief executive has overall responsibility. You know that he's David Hill. The corporate director responsible for this area is Linda Bull. And the assistant director responsible for highway repairs is John Pryor. So it's their fault. Collectively, they have a line manager responsibility to make sure that this is done properly. Sounds like you're passing the buck a bit, John. Sounds like you're passing the buck a little bit. You're accepting accepting no responsibility for this, this farce. A councillor has no power to instruct contractors, to instruct individual staff to do anything. Then what are you doing? What's the point point of having a councillor in charge of transport? If when a woman's leg is damaged so badly she may lose a portion of that leg, you are unable to get the road fixed to a satisfactory level. What's the point of you being there? The point of me being there is to have this conversation to represent the public and say that this isn't satisfactory and to find out what the chief executive intends doing about it. Okay, when is the road... I don't think this... This isn't satisfactory. The road state isn't satisfactory. There's another problem that occurred last week that that, that Peter has kindly not alluded to but but was deeply unsatisfactory. What happened last week? That was the arrangements made for, uh, while this work was going on, the arrangements made to direct members of the travelling public to alternative bus stops, which was also not done to my satisfaction and not done to his satisfaction. So people weren't told what bus stops they should be going to when this section of road was closed? There was a little information and it wasn't acceptable. So when is... Let's... okay. So this has been a complete cock-up in terms of getting the road fixed and how the public were treated. When is the road going to, when is the road going to be fixed properly? I need to have a conversation with the chief executive, the corporate director, and the assistant director, and that's due to happen shortly this week to find out who's in charge of this and what's going on and what they're going to fix it. You don't know it who's. I'm, I'm really. I'm scratching my head that you don't know who's in charge of this. Well, I do know who's in charge. It's a complete management hierarchy. Well, what, then... I, what I don't know is which particular point in that hierarchy should have done this. I don't know whether anybody or several people inspected that road. I suspect nobody. Now, if nobody inspected it, it's quite difficult to say, well, which one of you thinks you should have inspected it? Someone has to but, take... No, no, no. It's yes, not. It's yes, No, John, I it's... I... John, it's not difficult. Someone has to take responsibility for this, this mess-up. A woman, a pensioner, is potentially going to lose a bit of her leg on your watch, John. How does that make you feel? It makes me feel pretty miserable about the situation. Right, sort it out. I can't... I'm doing what I can to sort it out. You know I've done a lot of things to sort it out. You know I've always made myself available to you and your listeners to tell you what we've done, to tell you what problems we're still up against. And I appreciate that. At the moment, I am entirely with Peter in the fact that this wasn't satisfactory from an engineering point of view. It wasn't satisfactory from a uh, passenger consideration point of view. And... I'm trying to make sure that it is, A, fixed and done better next time. And, and those are work in progress. I don't have answers for you yet. OK, I, listen, I, I, John, I appreciate that you do come on. And when you do come on, you speak honestly. And uh, you allow me to put my point forward. Have you heard any more about the, the, the woman's condition? 
we had an update, but it's not as updated as, as the one that, 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 that Peter gave you this morning. Uh, deeply concerned and, 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 and express our continue to express our deep sympathy for the situation. John Bin, uh, listen, I appreciate you coming on, and I know it's, it's tough times, and uh, you, I, I do believe that you're doing all you can. Hopefully we can speak again soon with some slightly better news on this story. Cheers, then. John, thank you very much. Conservative councillor. John Bint there, Cabinet Member for Transport and Highways at Milton Keynes Council. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is Ian Lee. On BBC Three Counties Radio. Last week on holiday, my boy impressed me immensely by saying, Dada, honey comes from bees. Yes, it does. How do they make it? Well, um... Uh... uh, <clears throat> Turns out I don't know. And I wondered, did anybody know how those cunning bees made that sweet, sweet honey? Justin Dealey has been out and about this morning. Good morning, Justin. Hello, Ian. The, the reason I'm so excited by bees, my little boy on holiday said, Dada, bee, honey comes from bees. Yes. <laughs> how do they make it? Well, what they do is they <laughs> get the pollen... Yeah, carry and on. Th- and I had no idea how honey was made. It's a tricky question. It's, it's, it's something yes. we think we all know, but we haven't got a clue. Absolutely. You've been asking people this, haven't you? Yes, I've been out the streets of Luton um, asking people where honey comes from. You know, the obvious answer. But then, of course, the big question. How is it made? <laughs> the big fa- question. <laughs> some, some fascinating <laughs> answers. Just take a listen to this. I, th- I think you might enjoy this. Thomas, where does honey come from? It's actually the spit from bumblebees. Yes. How do you know that? I've got a friend who's, uh, what do they call them? The bee expert? That's it, a bee expert, yeah. The bees. How do they make it? Well, I haven't got a clue. In the honeycomb, I presume. Where, where does honey come from? It's a good question. It comes from Sundon Park? Yeah. A bee. How do they make it? I think it's already been made, isn't it? It's actually much to it, really, you know what I mean? I think it's already been made. It's already been made. Yeah, that means it's. That means it's already been like. Um, it's already sweet. You know, I don't think there's nothing you've got to do to it. Where does honey come from? Honey. Honey, yeah. Ah, from bees. Yes. Now, how do they make it though? Oh, just a minute. I think. Well, it has to have a certain comb, and then when, oh, squeeze it, the honey out or something like that. So the bees start squeezing each other? No, 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 no. The bees has to lay his nest for somebody could take it out from it. I actually doesn't know how, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I've got to go now. <laughs> yes. Right. Quite enjoying the conversation. Is it? <laughs> I've got to go now. Are you sorry. sure? Yes, yes. Sorry. One, one more question? Yes, yeah, well... I've forgotten, sorry. Mm. <laughs> oh, Justin, thank you. You're on fire this week, Justin Daly. Thank you so much. Well, people don't know how honey is made. They squeeze it. Robert Dartington is from Buzzworks Association in Hitchin, a community project to help people enjoy the world of bees and the craft of beekeeping. Robin, how do bees make honey? <laughs> well... People, it's one of those things people think, oh, yeah, I know... Oh, actually, I haven't got a clue. (laughs) 
Yeah, there's um, obviously some way to go before the public uh, understands bees. And they honey. don't squeeze each other, do they? No, they don't. They don't. <laughs> I, I think that was just your 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 <coughs> uh, your investigator squeezing the women on the street. Yeah, well, quite possibly. No, um, Justin. Yes. How do they make it? Well, they collect nectar from flowers. Flowers produce nectar in order to attract bees. And nectar is a watery substance, it's got 80% water, and it's rather like a fruit juice. Um, but it's got sugars in it. So the bees suck that up and take that home to the hive. Now, to turn it into honey, they have to get rid of the water, because the watery, um, the, the watery nectar would ferment. So they couldn't store it. So they have to get rid of, um, get the stuff down from 80% water down to 18% water. And they evaporate the um, drops of nectar then within the hive, in the warm environment of the hive, and concentrate it down until it becomes thick, viscous honey, which is so dense that um, uh, it, it can't ferment. They also add uh, um, enzymes to it to change it. So they change the sugar in it from sucrose, which is what we get in the supermarket, down to things like glucose and other things which are very easily assimilated, which is why honey is very easy for digestion. Um, and, um, and they add uh, other enzymes and things to it. So it's manufactured by bees um, using their abilities out of the nectar that is produced by flowers. And do they, do they do quite a bit of this work in their stomachs and then they pass it to another bee, is that correct? Well, they take it into the stomach, it, they take it not into their stomach, but into their honey crop when they um, take it out of the flower and then they regurgitate it out of their honey crop into the cells so in it's, the hive. So it's bee but spit, basically. They, uh, no, uh, <laughs> it would. Uh, that, that gives a quite wrong connotation. Right. They, they're not adding saliva or okay. anything of that nature. No. Bees are in decline, aren't they? This is the thing we're constantly hearing. Why is that? And is there any help, hope for the bees? Well, the uh, bees are in decline because they're, they're tropical animals. They evolved in um, Africa and India, and we're right on the edge of their territory. Um, and uh, so they need better weather than we have. They have to be lucky with the weather here. But also they need forage. They've got to have flowers to go and get it. Um, we, and we've got some very little natural flowers left now. As the, great, you know, the, the, the countryside is industrialised. So they're short of good forage with good quality food. Um, and then they need beekeepers too because they can't live in the open now any longer. They need, they've got to have a beekeeper to look after them within the comfort and shelter of the hive. Robin, we're running out of time. We're, 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 all of my team are saying we're finding you fascinating. We're going to get you on again and have, uh, spend a bit more time with you another day. Uh, and one final question. Uh, do the most bees die if they sting? Yes, um, bees do die because the sting is so adapted that um, it, sticks, it, 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 it sticks into your skin and pulls away from a bee, leaving them a huge wound at the back of their, uh, back of their bodies and they dehydrate. But anyway, if anybody wants to talk more, we're at um, Hitchin's Farmer's Market on Saturday morning. Um, selling honey and answering all the questions of the public. Fantastic. It's in, it's in, uh, farmer's market down by the river. Uh, Robin, and uh, I, I've got to say, go, go and get fresh honey. Don't, but don't buy the, you know, that, that squeezy stuff in the supermarkets. Go and get a jar of fresh honey. It, boy, it tastes completely different. Well, the, the squeezy stuff in the, in the supermarket has been heated to destroy its nature so that it doesn't go hard. And that's destroyed the enzymes that the bees put in and all the health, the healthy aspects of the honey have all gone. It's gone. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Justin Dealey got very excited. All right, Leicester. All right, big man. I got I got gold for you, right? If you could be a character in any film, who would it be? Well, what? 
Why are you asking? Well, because I, I, I it's going to be great for the radio. I remain to be convinced, but Justin Dealey joins me now. A man who thinks his own echo sounds sexy. Justin. All right, Ian. Yes. You well? I'm, I'm very, very well. Why, why, have you, why did this spring into your strange, I, dark mind? I'll tell you why. Yesterday, we were talking about Michael Douglas, weren't we? And some of the things uh, which he gets up to. And uh, we, we were talking about his uh, relationship <laughs> with Catherine Zeta-Jones. Very delicately put. Yes, exactly. That's what she Sa- said, yes. Sadly, that's come to an end. And I was saying, John, Michael Douglas, what an absolute legend. When I think about some of his film characters, Nick Curran in Basic Instinct, we had uh, Gordon Gecko in Wall Street. Yes. I want to be that man. I want to be Michael Douglas. I want to be his film character. Well, no, well, no hang on a second. Hang on. We're, we're specifically not talking about the actors. We're mm. specifically talking about the film characters. You can only pick one. Yep. Which one you're going to pick? I'm going to go for Nick Curran because, as a detective, he was fantastic, and he had the best leather jacket I've ever seen in the whole of my life in Basic Instinct. This, no, I've not seen Basic Instinct. Is it? I, I'm aware of the famous yes. legs crossing scene. <laughs> is, it, is it just because you want to be there? Uh, quite possibly. I'd be Willy Wonka. Would you? Why? Yeah, because, oh, it's magical. It's, no, it's magical. The interaction with the children, he's got a wonderful... He's got a chocolate river! Well, that's true. That he's is got a chocolate true. river and a big fat German kid falls into it! You see, already two completely different fantasies. Yep. Straight away. Yep. You've, been out, you've actually been uh, using the BBC dollar to go out and speak to people about this. Yes, uh, first for news, I've been asking people uh, if they could be any film character from any film, who would they be and why? Some fascinating answers. Take a listen to this. From any film. Mm, you could be any film character you want to. Batman, Superman, right, James right, right, Bond. Right. Who would it be? Probably Tom Cruise in a Mission Impossible. Yeah? Do something daring, yeah, yeah. Probably Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo? Yeah, because he gets to run around on adventures and eat treats all day. Wow, that's a cracking <laughs> answer. Anybody else? Uh, probably a villain, a really evil villain. Light and Shade, Scooby-Doo and a villain? Yeah. So, what's your favourite film of all time? I don't know. Putting you right on the spot there. Yeah, you are. Ah, Boys in the Hood. Boys in the Hood? Yeah. Okay, bit of a bad boy, are you? Yeah. Well, no, but I like the film. Okay. Yeah. If you could be any film character, in any film, who would it be? What's his name in that film? What Women Think. You know, you think what goes through women's minds and be one of them to know what women actually think and see what goes through their minds for a day. Would you really want to know, though? Yeah, I would. <laughs> oh, it'd be John Wayne. Oh, uh, what film? The Rio Grande. Just a uh, great character. Took over the film. Uh, larger than life personality. Yeah, Jason Bourne, yeah. So you wouldn't fancy being Shirley Valentine or something like that? No. No. Jason Bourne, so you could yeah. be a bit out there, a bit weird, a bit wacky, a bit sci fi. Yes, definitely, yeah. Very exciting life. What's your name, young man? Thomas. Thomas, how old are you? Nine. Who would you like to be? James Bond. Tell me why. Because he's in a lot of action films and I like guns and war and stuff like that. That's a bit of a concerning answer for a nine-year-old child. (laughs) So we're talking movies today. What's your favourite film, first of all? Midnight Express. What a fantastic film. Brutal, but brilliant. I want to know, if you could be any film character from any film, who would it be? Shrek. Yeah, why not? Why would you like to be green? Why not? Moving on from a nine-year-old saying they love guns and war because I don't, there, there are issues there. Yep. Interesting um, that someone mentioned the science fiction film um, Jason Bourne. Yes. Yeah. So I'm just wondering what bit of the, that film was science fiction. Well, do you know what? I've never seen the film. Uh, th- not, not my <laughs> cup of tea at all. Well, you can't just throw a genre at it. Well, I thought it was sci-fi. No, it's like action, isn't it? Well, that's sci-fi like, slash action. 
Well, there's no sci-fi in it. Is it not? No, it's like it's it basically Why is it not sci-fi. I would file it under American Bond. It's not sci-fi because there's no science in it. Really? There's no science fiction. No, that's what uh, sci-fi stands for. I thought it was sci-fi. Well, no, it's not. It's action. Really? <laughs> yes. Put it out there. I think it is sci-fi. Put, put, put what out there? Is is the, are the Bourne films sci-fi? People yeah. will phone up and go, no. Yeah, but thanks. I thought they were sci-fi. I, well, whatever people have spoken about in the past, they've always said they're, they're sci-fi films. Who has said that? Well, I've, I've read about it. What? So, okay, so we're ready. You've gone from people saying it to you reading it. <laughs> you on. don't read, Justin. We know I that. I don't read. What have you, where have you read <sighs> that Jason Bourne is sci-fi? I can't give you an exact title. Because you are making it, it up. Because it wasn't I'm, in the British hit singles book, admittedly, but I have read it somewhere. <laughs> All right, we'll put it out there. Wait there. 08459 455 555. Is there anybody listening to this who agrees with Justin Dealey that the Bourne films are science fiction? Phone lines are going mad. No, just give, give, just give, them, a, okay. give them 20 seconds. Okay. I thought they were, but forgive me if well, I'm you've, wrong. Well, you've, apparently you've read it somewhere. Yeah. So it must be true. Oh, there's a phone. The phone oh, is ringing. Him. Put them straight through, Kelly Betts. Just put them straight through. Tell me what line they're on and uh, we'll, we'll have them. Even if they're not calling about this. <laughs> and this, this isn't just because we're short on material today. No. Cathy's on the line. Morning, Cathy. Oh, good morning. Cathy, whereabouts are you calling from? Uh, from Luton. Oh, lovely. Just down the road from us, Cathy. Can you... Who's correct? Myself or the idiot Dealey? Well, I wouldn't call him an idiot, but he's certainly not correct. The Bourne films are not sci-fi are in the slightest, sci-fi. are they? No, they're not. Okay. What, what, how would you, what would you label them as? Um, yeah, I'd agree that they're more, a bit more of a realistic Bond-type movie. Yeah. On the edge of sci-fi? No way. Oh. No okay. science in them at all. C- Cathy, thank you very much indeed. Leslie's uh, on the line. Morning, Leslie. Good morning, Ian. Leslie, who's, who's right? Me or that idiot Dealey? I think Justin's getting confused with the Matrix films. Because uh, they they are that, science and fiction. The one, they're definitely science fiction. Yep. And, uh, but I'm afraid Jason Bourne is, as you said, Bond. He's a secret agent. Yep. D- d- he's very much earth struck. With earth an edge of sci-fi. No. Mm. Justin, would you like to apologise to Leslie? You've no. you've literally wasted her time. Leslie, I'm very sorry. Please. Oh, Sorry, Justin, Leslie. You're welcome after your excellent shows last week. All right, for, bye, Leslie. Bye, bye. Uh, <laughs> uh, joined now by the BBC Three Counties political reporter, Paul Scoynes. Paul, mm. uh, the Bourne films, are they science fiction in not, any way? No, not in the clo- no, not even the slightest. They, they are definitely in the action genre. Um, you could you know, put it down as sort of pretty hard-edged action, um, but not even close to sci-fi, no. And I, I've actually got a film studies degree, so I speak with some authority. So this man is a, a doctor of films. Um, I'm a master of science. I mean, why I got that, I don't know. Paul, you're a political reporter. Stick to doing that. At least, at least he's, he's a something reporter. You're just a reporter. Mm. Yeah. So that means that he's, you know, he's good at one thing, at least. You're, you're not particularly good at no, anything. No, you're right, you're right. I'm good at lots of things. You're right. No, you're right. You're, you're jack of none, master of even less. No, I think he'd be jack of all trades. Would you like to apologise to Paul Scoynes? Sorry, Paul. That's fine. And also, I think you probably owe Paul Scoynes an apology for that picture that he caught a glimpse of the other day. <laughs> See ya, bye. Paul Scoynes, thanks very much for joining me. I really appreciate pleasure. that. I, one of my favourite films. The, the, the Bourne films? Yeah. Never I, seen one. Really? Yeah. We should watch one. Oh, I'm busy then. Thanks very much. <laughs> That's it. That's your lot. That's the end of the podcast. Don't forget, if you want to get in touch uh, with me at any point, maybe a suggestion for the podcast or for the show, um, Ian. Dot- with, I am. Um, I thought you said I could have a go. I did say you could have a go, um, but we've we finished. I had to wait for the next person to come along. 
uh, for the you news. Can't just leave the news unattended. Well, you know what happens. Well, even when when the news is attended, it's it's sometimes a farce. Well, at least I'm watching it happen. Ian.Lee at bbc.co.uk. Oh. If you're a musical act, we have musical acts on Friday. No, don't. I said, do you want to come I'm down? So disappointed. The listeners aren't. I said, do you want to come down? You said, oh, oh I, oh, I'll be down in a bit. I've just got to finish this. Like, well, I'm doing late. Where am I from now? Am I Dutch or something? Are you not? What was that? Are you not Dutch? No. Uh, oh, I've got my girls a loud mug and I'm like, dead, dead clarty. What? <laughs> I am not clarty. If you're a musical act, something a little bit different, a bit unusual, I don't want three blokes strumming a guitar singing about how a girl called Louise broke their heart. If you're something different... They might be really good. I wouldn't rule them out. You know we're hard up. Carry on. Ian.Lee at bbc.co.uk. I-A-I-N.L-E-E at bbc.co.uk. The show goes out uh, weekday mornings between six and nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. That's it. Goodbye. You just embarrassed yourself. Idiot. Goodbye. Did it again. See you next time. Thanks for listening to this free download from BBC Three Counties Radio, your local radio station for beds, hearts and bucks, on FM, AM, digital radio and online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. 